0: St. Leo 360, a 360-degree overview of the St. Leo University community.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the St. Leo 360 podcast. My name is Greg Lindberg. Here on this episode of St. Leo 360, we are speaking about the Doctor of Theology in Applied Theology program uh, that we're very excited to be launching here at St. Leo. And to do so, we have with us uh, Dr. Stephen Oki, who is an Associate Professor of Theology. Dr. Oki, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Really excited to always chat about new programs, new offerings. And I should mention that you are uh, the director of this program, also really excited to get into this here. So first off, uh, why don't you just kind of introduce yourself to our listeners? Uh, who is uh, Dr. Stephen Oakey?
0: Uh, yeah, my name is Steve Oki. I'm an associate professor of theology at St. Leo. I've been here about 10 years. I have up, up till now, I've mostly taught a combination of uh, university explorations courses in theology and courses in our master's program in theology. And so I work a lot with the various uh, Catholic dioceses that St. Leo partners with in delivering our master's program to uh, men in formation for the permanent diaconate in the Catholic Church. Um, And then I also, in recent years, have been teaching more in the uh, undergraduate honors program. My research interests are in especially theology, um, public life, technology, uh, the, the combination of those things live in Tampa uh, with my wife and my two children. Um, And I'm very excited to see this program launch and uh, bring in our first cohort of students.
1: Excellent. And I am curious, how did you get into teaching and specifically the religion and theology areas of focus?
0: Sure, I'll give maybe the shorter version of it. I went into college to be a math and philosophy major and Quickly discovered that the philosophy course I was taking was uh, not interesting to me, but the theology course I was taking at the same time was fascinating. Uh, And this got me on the journey to doing academic theology. And so when I finished undergrad, I went on and got a master's. Uh, I then took a few years off uh, to work a a real job. Um, I worked at a, a corporate job in Chicago and decided I wanted to go back to graduate school. So I went to Boston College and got my PhD in theology, and when I finished there, I came here.
1: Wow, very interesting. Uh, So in terms of this program, this Doctor of Theology program, uh, so obviously there are a lot of PhD programs out there just in general, and then uh, the doctoral, you know, kind of the practitioner-oriented program, shall we say. So let's, let's start off the discussion here with just the difference between you know, the Doctor of Theology, the THD, versus the PhD in Theology?
0: In the larger discipline of theology, there's sort of four common terminal degrees. So there's the PhD, the THD, uh, the d and the STD. Um, and so I'll, I'll go backwards in order. Uh, the STD is uh, the Doctor of Sacred Theology. And it's a degree that is only offered by pontifical universities. So universities that have a specific relationship with the Vatican. Um, And so there's a few in the United States. Um, There's many more in in, uh, Italy, understandably, and throughout the world, but they're not as common. Uh, The Doctor of Ministry is a degree that is really designed for uh, for ministry, for pastoral work. Um, It is very heavily applied and practical. Um, the PhD and the THD are both more research focused degrees. Uh, so PhD, which is much more common and I think more widely known uh, as a doctor of philosophy is primarily for people who are interested in going into, um, higher education, into research, into, um, writing and publishing, uh, in the field of theology, uh, the ThD, the Doctor of Theology, is in in many respects uh, quite similar to the PhD, um, and for some accrediting bodies, they are treated interchangeably. The primary difference is, I, as far as I know or understand, is that uh, Th degree ThD degrees often have a somewhat more applied or practical focus than PhDs, and so. Many people who earn THDs are not looking for careers in higher education, they're not looking for tenure-track professor jobs. Um, They are more often people who are in ministry, who are in pastoral life, but want that strong academic and research background uh, to help in their work.
1: And So let's get into the inspiration behind St. Leo starting this Doctor of Theology program I know you did reference, uh, obviously, we've had you know religion and theology programs at the undergrad and master's levels for a while now, and I assume that kind of played into to offering this program.
0: Yeah, the genesis for this program, uh, I think, goes back about four years or so, and our our department, the Department of Philosophy, Theology, and Religion, uh, was approached by Dr. Spoto, uh, who's the Vice President of Academic Affairs. And asked to consider uh, looking into a, a doctoral degree in theology, and and her argument for it was we already have a fairly large and very successful MA in theology program, and so we seemed to be a department that had you know the experience and the resources and the personnel uh, to successfully pull off a, a good program in theology, and it took. It took a couple of years, actually, uh, of discussion and meeting and going back and forth, uh, to decide whether or not you know it was a good idea to pursue. Um, you know, given the the challenges of higher ed, and you know, given um, the you know the specific uh, backgrounds and, and competencies that our department had. And and so it took a while to figure out what we could really deliver that would be you know fitting with our you know skills and abilities, but would also be useful for um, useful for students, useful for the wider church, uh, and helpful for our community. Um, and so, uh, I believe in twenty twenty one. So about two years ago, we finally worked out the kinks on a. On the curriculum, on the design of the program, and the sort of expectations that we would have of prospective students coming in, and the goals that we would hope our graduates, you know, the the skills and content knowledge that they would have when they would leave. Uh, And once we worked that out and figured out what we had in terms of you know, faculty resources and so forth. We were pretty happy with uh, the design that we came up with.
1: Gotcha. I see. Makes sense. So, the focus of this program is applied theology. And let's just kind of dive into the definition of applied theology. What exactly does that mean and what does that entail?
0: Sure. The idea behind applied theology, as we understand it, is we want students to have a clear and strong foundation in in academic research in uh, theology as an academic discipline but we want the target the goal of that background to be something more practical more applied uh in the life of our students the life of their communities and the life of the church and so the way that we have talked about applied theology is how do we bring the insights and resources of theology as an academic discipline Uh, more effectively to bear in the life of the church and so it's not focused as much on you know creating students who will then go and write books and articles and so forth but more students who will take the knowledge and insights from books and articles and make them meaningful and um, effective in the lives of parishioners and students and not-for-profits and you know, uh, uh, opportunities like that. And so we're hoping. Right.
1: So definitely a much more of a community impact, you could say in terms of prospective students, uh, how would you describe, you know, maybe the ideal student for this type of program, what kind of background would they come from? What kind of previous education would they bring in?
0: We're really hoping to attract students who are likely already working in ministry, in education and not-for-profits and publishing, um, in fields like that, where they are already uh, embedded in a career, embedded in a community, and they can see the potential use of deeper education and theology for those communities, and so we're looking especially for people who are uh, adult learners, already at least four years into you know four years of work experience you know, partway into a job, maybe planning to stay in that one, maybe planning to move somewhere else, uh, but remaining involved in, you know, active work in ministry within, you know, the church education and so forth. Um, we're expecting that they'll have uh, master's degrees in theology or related fields already, um, because we do have significant coursework. As part of our program, we also have uh, exams, we have comprehensive exams, and we have a dissertation. And we want to make sure that prospective students coming in are prepared for the rigors of a of doctoral research and uh, in, in a doctoral program. Um, and we're pretty open beyond that the, in terms of, you know, the denominational or religious backgrounds of students. Uh, it's really designed with a focus on Catholic theology. Um, but our, you know, our existing master's program has always been pretty ecumenical in terms of, of students as well as instructors, um, and we expect that there will be some ecumenical dimensions to, you know, prospective students for this program as well.
1: I see. Interesting. So, in terms of prerequisites, uh, what kind of prerequisites are required? You know, what does a student who's applying for this program need to know about uh, the requirements for admission?
0: Absolutely. So uh two things i just mentioned one they'll need to already have a master's degree uh in theology or related field uh so things like philosophy are certainly good and um you know many of the humanities are possibilities and, and certainly any student who's interested who has a master's i'd be happy to speak with them to see how it might fit um Students will need to have at least four years of, you know, documented work experience. Um, So they'll need to submit a resume as part of their application. Beyond that, there's, you know, there's a writing sample, which I expect would come out of, you know, a course that they did for their master's program. There's a statement of purpose. You know, why are they doing this program? What are they hoping to get from it? There's, uh, they'll need to have two uh, recommendations, uh, at least one from a professor or instructor uh, sort of testifying to, you know, they would be a good fit, um, for the program. I think those are the main ones. Uh, and then once a student applies, once they submit their application, uh, I will review all of the applications and I will schedule interviews, uh, with prospective students, uh, to try and talk about their application, talk about their interests, talk about, you know, their strengths, their weaknesses, you know, what they think they can, you know get from the program um and also what they think they can contribute to the program um and it's after that you know interview and process and application process that will make decisions about admittances
1: right oh, i see so you're definitely hands-on uh, with the prospective students it sounds like mm-hmm. nice
0: every one of them is gonna have to deal with me so <laughs>
1: <laughs> like it or not. <laughs> yep. As far as the format of the program, so I understand this is predominantly an online program but it does have a low residency component, right?
0: Yes. So the program is designed with uh there's 42 credit hours uh, of coursework. So it's 14 courses uh which will be delivered predominantly uh online. And we'll have both uh, asynchronous components. So there will be, you know, activities or recorded lectures and discussions uh, as are common with online courses. Uh, but the online courses will also have uh, live synchronous sessions uh, on a weekly basis um, that are part of the program and that are intended to do some of the work that you would do in a normal on ground class, uh, as well as build community and that sort of thing. Um, and the program also then has, there's a a three credit course that is uh, preparing for and completing one's comprehensive exams. And then there's the final 15 credit hours. It's a 60 credit hour program. Uh, the final 15 credit hours are all around the dissertation research. And, and so through all of this, uh, all of that can be done uh, online, entirely online. But we are also including as part of the program uh, I believe two in-person residencies uh, which will be done during summers. They'll be done during July uh, in certain years of the program and will be about three or four days um, each time. And for those residencies, students will come here to the university campus for St. Leo uh, in St. Leo, Florida, and will meet fellow members of their cohort. They'll meet their faculty uh and they will you know we'll have meetings and discussions everything that will be tied to uh courses that they are taking uh that summer so whatever courses they are registered for in that summer of the program the residency will be tied to a part of that course um and so this will, will provide further opportunity for community building, for getting to know, you know, fellow students and faculty, for getting a better sense of, you know, the library resources that St. Leo has, um, and for building that stronger connection. It will also, I think, you know, from my own experience, having that kind of almost retreat-like time away to focus very intently on the program, I think will pay great dividends for students who are, you know, working through you know particular projects or texts or or you know thinking through their their dissertation topic and research and so i think it'll be i think it will be a real uh strength of the program
1: absolutely i really like how all of our doctoral programs offer that low residency portion uh you know it's certainly like you said just the community building aspect getting to to meet people in person shake their hands i think it's it's very impactful in many ways
0: and I I think for us because our our expectation is that many of the people who will be interested in this program are people who are in some way tied to a sort of academic calendar, you know whether they're teaching in whether they're working in higher ed or teaching in high schools or working in K through eight schools or things like that. Uh, doing the we're doing the residency in July is the the easiest time for them to get away when they're not responsible for, you know, prep or meetings or classes. And so we had talked about, you know, could we do a residency in the fall or could we do one even in January, you know, or May, but those are all very pitched times uh, for teachers. And so we hope that doing it in July will be the least burdensome uh, for our prospective students.
1: Sure, sure, absolutely. I know you did mention it's a 60 credit hour program. Uh, so in terms of timeframes, how long, you know, estimated time-wise, how long should a student expect to be in the program?
0: Yeah. Students, when they start the program, will take two courses a semester for uh, 16-week semester. Uh, and they'll do that fall, spring, and summer. So it, it is year-round. And a student who maintains that pace through coursework, um, and then does one course at a time. Once we get into doing the dissertation, uh, we'll be able to complete the program in four years. We, we recognize, like, I recognize that it's possible for some students, you know, maybe after the first couple of semesters or the first year, they might need to slow down for some reason and do one course at a time. And if we, when, and if we come to that, we'll make some adjustments. Um, but, the the courses are designed so that students should be able to do two at a time. Um, once a student is in the dissertation phase of the program, which is uh, designed to be just under two years, uh, it is possible that they could complete the dissertation faster. Um, and it is also possible, and I imagine for many students will be likely, that they'll need longer Um and so, you know, research sometimes it takes more work, it takes more time, you know, it 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 doesn't it doesn't always go on the schedule you want it to. And so for, for students who need to take extra semesters to complete the dissertation, that won't really be much of an issue. So if it's any consolation for prospective students, when I was doing my PhD, uh, I was given about two or so years to complete my dissertation. That was the design of the program I was in. Uh, and it ended up taking me three. Uh, so I took an extra year uh, and I, you know, I got out on the other side. So it's 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 fine. It can be done.
1: Right, right. And it sounds like you are very willing to work with students just based on their other commitments and schedules and ensuring their success.
0: As, as much as we are able, absolutely.
1: Gotcha. Let's talk about uh, some of the specific courses offered in the program and specific topics that are going to be covered.
0: We've designed the the coursework. So again, there's 14 courses overall, and we've designed the program so that there's sort of like four areas or four buckets of courses. And so the first area of courses are what we think of as foundations type courses for the program. And so we have a course that's on, on, very basically on writing and research in theology. We have a course that is on applied theology, a course on the role of scripture in applied theology. Um, we have a course on theological method. So, you know what what does it mean to be doing theology, uh, and how has that been done throughout history by various, you know, of the 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 you know the great and influential theologians. Uh, and then we have a course on uh, Vatican II, the Second Vatican Council, uh, which is a you know really significant. Um, event in uh, modern Catholic history uh, in the 1960s, uh, and is in many ways sort of sets a lot of the context for theology in the contemporary world. And following those five courses, uh, the students move into sort of three different three-course sequences. So one of those is a sequence on the Catholic intellectual tradition, where we will look at um, much of the sort of significant concepts and ideas and figures in Catholic theology. Uh, and we've organized these around um, what are sometimes uh, called the transcendentals uh, of the good, the true, and the beautiful. And so we have a course that is on uh, faith and reason, we have a course that is focused on uh, grace, nature, and sin. Uh, then we have a course focused on theological aesthetics, um, that comprise. And so that comprises the, that, that second, you know, bucket. Um, the third one is a sequence on theology and dialogue. And so we look a lot at the idea of the role of dialogue and different partners for dialogue and theology. And so there's a course that is on, um, Uh, intra-Christian ecumenical dialogue, especially Catholic-Protestant dialogue. Uh, We have a course that is called Interfaith Leadership, uh, that is about the connections between um, Catholicism and Christianity with other world religions. And then we have a course on public theology, and that looks at the role of theology within public life uh, and the contributions that theology uh, can make there. And then our final three course sequence is on moral theology and ethics. And so there's a, a course on fundamental moral theology. So, you know, key underlying concepts and ideas in theology, um, such as, you know, freedom and conscience and um, uh, obedience and, you know, the, these sort of core and con- revelation and these core concepts. There's a second course on virtue ethics. Um, which is really, I think, the predominant moral tradition in Catholicism, um, and so it looks that course looks especially at the work of Saint Thomas Aquinas uh, on the virtues um, and the vices and the role of grace within those. Uh, and then the final course is on Catholic social teaching, and so you know what is the place and role and contribution of moral theology, not simply in one's individual life. But at the level of society and community, and you know, shaping the the big institutions and structures that um, orient so much of our lives. And so, students will have uh, will have all these courses across these you know four areas, these four groups, um, and we believe that this will give them a really strong grounding uh, for their exams and for their dissertation research. You know, whatever direction they want to go with that. Um, But also then for however they want to bring theology in a meaningful way uh, into the wider world.
1: Wow, what a great variety of courses and topics. And it certainly sounds like there was a lot of strategy and and thought that went into developing those. Uh, So as far as the faculty who will be teaching in this program... Uh, If you just want to provide an overview of the faculty and their kind of general backgrounds and what students can expect uh, from their their professors.
0: Sure. We have a a mixture of uh, full-time faculty at our main campus involved in the program, as well as some of our, you know, very um, long-standing adjunct and contingent professors who have worked with us uh, in our, you know, undergraduate and master's programs. Uh, So obviously, I will be teaching uh, courses very regularly in the program. Um, but we also have Michael Tasek, uh, who has been at St. Leo since I think 2005, uh, and in many ways he built, uh, our master's program, uh, that we have. And so he has a lot of experience with that. Um, we also have, uh, Matthew Tapey, who is the director for the center for Catholic Jewish studies. Um, and in addition to his work on interreligious dialogue, he's also a scholar of Thomas Aquinas. Um, we have uh, Mark Puglisi, who's the associate dean uh, for the College of Arts and Sciences, and who helped early on in the development of this program, um, and who has you know, a really strong background in interreligious dialogue, a strong background in theology, um, and so I, I believe he may be teaching some courses. Uh, in addition, we have uh, people like Isabel Fernandez, uh, who is uh, an administrator in the Diocese of Orlando. Uh, and Michael Martaccio, who's an administrator in the Diocese of Charleston in South Carolina, um, who are designing and teaching courses for us. Um, so in addition to, you know, the the full-time faculty, we also have faculty who, you know, they, they have PhDs. They're, obviously, they have doctorates that they're teaching doctoral students, but they also work in dioceses. They work in contexts where theology is already being applied um, and in places where, you know, our prospective students, I think... Um, would have real opportunities to learn from them, um, not just you know content and ideas, but you know the real lived experience of you know being a theologian in those contexts.
1: So I know you have touched on the benefits of this degree and certainly how it can benefit students in their careers. But let's get a little more specific on uh, you know what students can actually do with this degree upon attaining it and how it can really empower them in their careers.
0: I expect, and you know, I, we'll see when the students come, right? I I will learn from the students a great deal, but my expectation is a lot of people who are going to come to this program are going to be people who are already, you know, working in high schools, working in parishes, working in dioceses, uh, maybe working in publishing, working in journalism, you know, working at not-for-profits, uh, maybe working in other aspects of higher ed. And who, you know, have a real interest and passion for theology and have a background in theology and just want to go deeper. And so, you know, there's a lot of, I think, fairly obvious, you know, career trajectories in terms of directors of religious education and diocesan administrators and, um, you know, people in, you know, high school administration where they really want to have a doctorate you know um and that would be helpful for them um so i i expect for a lot of people this degree will not be as much about changing careers um but advancing uh and doing more in careers they are already in
1: oh, i see interesting and then to wrap up here just one final question uh any final words on what separates this program from other THD programs out there and kind of the unique uh, selling points overall?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So most THD programs in the United States are associated with uh Protestant and evangelical colleges, universities, seminaries. Um, there's comparatively fewer that are connected to Catholic colleges and universities. Um. And in addition, you know, as is common with doctoral degrees, most THD programs are residential programs. And so students, they move to where the school is, they live there, you know, they go to school full time. And so the, the combination of being a THD program that is uh, online and that is at a Catholic university is actually quite rare um there is from my research i've only found one other uh thd program that is offered online at a catholic institution uh but that program uh, as far as i can tell is not an accredited program so the that that school does not have regional accreditation the way that saint leo does and so um the, the it could change you know in in the coming months or years but at present we are as far as i know the only accredited online thd program at a catholic university uh so obviously it's a new program you know we're very excited to start it uh any students any listeners who would like to be students in our program you know feel free to send me an email and get in touch i'm happy to talk with you you know by email by phone by zoom you know whatever it is um easiest for you but we're very excited to welcome our first cohort uh, in this program, uh, this coming August. So August of 2023.
1: Excellent. Appreciate that. Okay. So again, we've been visiting with Dr. Stephen Occhi, uh, chatting about the brand new doctor of theology in applied theology program here at St. Leo university and, uh, Dr. Oki really appreciate the time. Thanks so much for everything you've done for the university over the years and look forward to, uh, to kind of following this new program and, and its launch.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much, Greg. Appreciate you having me on. To hear more episodes of the St. Leo 360 podcast, visit stleo.edu forward slash podcast. To learn more about St. Leo's programs and services, call 877 622 2009 or visit stleo.edu.